Hey guys, and welcome to yet another Thrive Podcast. I'm Mason. I'm Jamal. We're here with Curious Minds, a regional cultural education charity based in Preston. So we're going to be talking to Amber, who is 24 years old, Grant, who is 21, and Anna, who is 28. So for you guys, I just want to ask you a little question. We've been talking about different topics such as social media, school, bullying, and so many things that the youth have to deal with. Um, So Grant, how do you feel social media has really impacted you? Um, well, I feel like it's helped me connect to like um, the community better. Uh, I like going to a lot of concerts, and it can be quite hard to hear about it nowadays. Um, yeah. A lot of the stuff gets posted online on Facebook and yeah. Twitter and stuff like that. Um, I think also like a lot of this stuff that we do, Curious Minds, the team we talk via Facebook Messenger, so that's obviously a good thing because. Some of us are in Manchester, Liverpool, different areas around the north of England, so it can be a bit hard to uh, communicate. So I think it's uh, quite good in that sense, you know. It creates more connection and a better community in terms of yeah. talking to people you already know, I so suppose. So social media as <laughs> a, a, a positive? Yeah, I think that's a positive, isn't it? Yeah. So what about the negatives then? I feel like the fact that you've always got that pressure to... Uh, post what's happening in your life always to appear that things are going well post pictures of having you know a good time with your friends what you're going to be eating always having to clocking can kind of like stress you out a little yeah, bit yeah. because you never fully get the switch off always in the back of your mind uh, subconsciously you're thinking about um the fact that you know people could get in touch with you anytime yeah. you, you never really get to just chill out unless you turn your phone off which a lot of people don't do because they feel that they might be missing out on something if they do turn the phone off yeah no. um i think that ends up causing some kind of mental illness and it can lead to down that path if you let it yeah with regards to that so in terms of the pressure do you think it's uh, more of a silent pressure in terms of it's not someone directly saying it it's just the idea of oh if i don't go on my on this social media site etc like an expectation yeah i won't be able to have that personal experience yeah i think so i feel like um it's kind of like started to kind of become ingrained in like the uh, like just society in general people feel like they have to use social media it's not necessarily a spoken rule but, you know, if you meet a new friend, say, in a, uh, out somewhere, they'll ask you, oh, where, have you got Facebook? Um, and, like, that kind of just plays in the back of your mind that you have to have one of these things to communicate and connect with new people. Yeah, it's definitely almost like a, a, a conversation starter nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, like, a, a conversation starter and a way to help continue the conversation. A lot of people just start talking online, won't they? Instead yeah. of meeting up another time. Do you think that's sad in a way, the fact that we, we're we all of a sudden starting to talk about social media, not about, oh, what do you do in your spare time? Uh, what school do you go to, etc.? Uh, I think it's, I think there's definitely like sides of both. I think it's sad that like the conversation can lead there, but at the same time, I believe uh, it can kind of like help boost, boost these communities and give mm-hmm. some people an incentive to do stuff. Or maybe they won't have that incentive in the past. Uh, what about uh, you, Anna? What are your opinions in terms of this social media perspective? Well, I was just thinking while you were talking about actually, um, does it affect the the way that we, the kind of the quality of our connections, right? So maybe we might be sharing things with our friends, um, but what we're actually looking for is 
likes rather than a kind of a genuine connection. Mm. That was something I was just thinking about. Maybe because they want to be like popular with with people and they want to be seen out there. Yeah, to be devil's advocate, I think Mm. that as we started talking about, social media can be, you know, a good thing and it could be a platform for different views, you know, for instance, body positivity and, you know, maybe LGBT movements, which you said you touched on before. Um, I guess it's just, you know, how loud those things are amplified and the balance of what you consume in terms of social media and what you take in. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's true because, like, like you say about body positivity, and I think, like, there's a lot, there's, um, like, something I've seen uh, come up every now and then is plus size models becoming a lot more, like, yeah. popular online, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing, obviously. Absolutely. And I think um, something I wanted to talk about was the. Uh, I do see younger people being able to change their points of view more and and certainly social media being one platform for generating enthusiasm for you know for different causes. So aside from like how it affects more the youth, how do you think social media can help with job opportunities and things like that? Job opportunities on social media? Yeah. It can be one way. I mean, um, to find them out. I, I'm not sure it's the best way to find out about job opportunities on social media. Uh, also, just quickly, uh, to do this is to do job opportunities, but if you, I feel like you hear a lot of stuff where people have posted something years in the past on social media, and that comes back to haunt them later on down the line, where people's like minds changes and what they believe in changes, but, you know, their boss or the people, the employer can look through their history and go, oh, we did this, and, you know, that's not very good, and we don't want somebody like that. Yeah, do you know it, what I mean? It does, definitely, it does definitely affect, like, some of the things you've done, because um, I was told, I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently certain job companies will search up your Instagram profiles, your Facebook profiles, and especially as a young person, we're not, we haven't really got the experience or sort of maturity to post the right sort of things. No, I think it's very intrusive, guys, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But then it it's also a life lesson. Like we shouldn't be doing those things if we want to further better our our life ahead. I think so, but at the same time, I think every single human being alive has to write to make mistakes and learn yeah. from the mistakes. And you know, it's not fair for them to judge you on something you've done in the past if that's not a reflection of if who you are now, now, nowadays. Now. You know, yeah. So no. stick, sticking with job opportunities, Amber, um, you want to talk about how people with disabilities find it harder to access jobs. What What are your views on that? Uh, well, well, nowadays it's hard for people with disabilities to to get jobs, and and um, there's not many people that don't have a job. It's only like six percent of people have a job with a disability, which I don't think is a good figure. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people aren't um, disabled? People aren't having that, the same opportunities as those who don't have that disability. Uh, probably, probably because um, probably because people don't probably because people judge them and don't think that they're good for jobs. But uh, but but then people with disabilities that like they have they have great skills that will be that might, that will be beneficial as well for jobs as well. Before you graduated, was there any kind of support that your university gave to you about postgraduate jobs? 
Um, I can't remember now. It's a while back. Um, I certainly didn't access any, whether it was there or not, um, or whether it wasn't visible. I'm not sure. Are you on about the support or um, the actual like post post jobs? Are you on about the support there? Yes. Yeah. And um, I mean, I I do think it's a thing that I've experienced. Is I always say people kind of, well, certainly for my course because it was an arts course. We did a degree show. You've got this enormous push to get to the end to 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 exhibit all of your work. You have this great big show. Um, my uni was great and my class was great and I had a great work ethic. And then I just kind of fell off the end and there was nothing. And I do see that in in quite a lot of um people that i know maybe it's less so if you've got a more um what's the word sort of a vocational degree you know maybe something like engineering or something like you, sciences where often it's people go on to do a master's or training um with a company it wasn't like that so um yeah it was quite a downtime after that i think <laughs> so what was your what was your degree in I did fine art sculpture. Okay. And how long was that for? It was um it was a full-time one for 3 years. Interesting. Um and so compared to all of your friends, did did they also have that same struggle as you in terms of finding finding jobs afterwards or was that mainly sort of a personal experience? No, I think I've seen that in quite a few people, mm. certainly with the arts world. Um and um similar um particularly because i studied in london particularly people who have stayed living in london i certainly couldn't do it because um you're a very very small fish in a very very big pond there it's very expensive to live there um very difficult to get jobs um yeah it's something i've seen in other people so would you say that sort of if you can't get to london you you there's such a lack of opportunity for example if you live in the north if you live in the far south southwest etc there's there's such a limited opportunity whereas if you go further into the center sort of london way that's the only opportunity that you have but then there's this huge boundary in terms of finance in terms of location leave your family etc um a bit of a bit of both. There certainly are more opportunities in London um, to, because there's more um, arts organisations based in London, mm. um, as well as quite a lot of the funding focused on London for those kind of posts. Um, however, living where I live up in Cumbria, I say that I know a lot more people. I'm better connected mm. um, with the arts organisations that are up here simply because there's less of them. There's <laughs> more personal, so, really. Yeah, a bit of both there. Right, guys. So we only have about five minutes left uh, before we start wrapping up. Uh, but if there are any uh, final comments, final thoughts that you guys have, um, go for it. Um, I think that um, nowadays there's more opportunities um, for people out there um, because um, people are starting to take gap years before they go to university, yeah. which, which. Um, which um, which is a good thing because it, um, it means that people can experience a different way of life and experience things that they might want to do when they get back from the gap year. Grant, is there anything you want to add? Well, me for me personally, um, I'm working my way into the arts sector at the moment and I found 
having volunteering uh, opportunities is quite a good thing. Um, obviously, getting a full-time paid job in the arts industry can be quite hard, and I didn't end up going to university to study for any of the things that I should have, and now I'm not sure how viable it would be to go to university. So having uh, volunteering and organisations like uh, Curious Minds <laughs> to help uh, get I'm me into this advertising. and give me experiences <laughs> and connections is a... Uh, definitely a beneficial way, beneficial thing and, uh, you know, kind of makes you realise you don't always have to go down the route of university and, as you were saying, university doesn't always help anyway, does it? Because no. it doesn't necessarily leave no. you with the experience you need. No. So. Yeah, that's why, that's why like, we have things such as printers now. Um, but yeah, uh, I know, is there anything, any last things you want to add? Um, yeah, just uh, on a positive note, I think uh, I do see young people, I do see attitudes changing, particularly in terms of um, attitudes towards disability, towards different kinds of sexuality, towards, yeah. you know, different kinds of people from all different kinds of places, oh, yeah. um, as well as on issues like climate change and things like that. And I, I yeah, so I feel really hopeful for um just like when all those people grow up a bit and we just uh, <laughs> take control of that. And, um, yeah, I just feel feel hopeful for attitudes changing in a really uh, open-minded society. And that's a good part, of, that's a good thing that social media does, isn't yeah. it? It's not all yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> it's not all doing yeah, we're, we're definitely becoming a lot more liberal society, a lot more accepting, and we're also doing a lot more to yeah. change in order to accommodate for everyone, aren't we? Um, yeah, thank you yeah. so much, guys, for coming today. Um, we really do appreciate your thoughts and opinions. Yeah. Um, so this is... Thank you end. for having us. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, so we come to the end of yet another Thrive podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Mason Rickard. I'm Jamal Hill Doris. And we'll speak to you later. Bye. Bye.